I'm here with Sister Anna Marie Mix, and uh, you work here at the Shrine and Shrine Basilica of Our Lady Mediatrix of All Graces, right? And right now we're standing in the original building, the original friary and chapel. Uh, tell us a little bit about the history of this place. Well, uh, this whole place, Nipokalanov, it means of the Immaculate in Polish. Nipokalana means the Immaculate, and the Uvan end means pertaining to. Uh, so this all belongs to the Immaculate Conception. And uh, we're in the sacristy part now, where his first room is, uh, the first room of St. Maximilian. From 1927 to 1930, he resided here. And, and then he became a missionary in Japan. And then uh, when he came back, he resided in another building because they kept on growing and growing. From a group of 18 Franciscan conventuals, they, they grew to be more than 700. And uh, here we have the vestments that St. Maximilian used to celebrate Mass here, his ch chalice, um, and uh, the marvelous medals that the Franciscans, they still make here, and uh, different pictures and photos that we, we tell the story of St. And it's, it's made, the original structure is made out of wood, timber that was, when they cleared the land, it's a pine, I believe. Pine wood, yes. Yes, they, they got the lumber from, uh, from different places. And this all, the terrain was given by the prince to see that And the chapel is very simple, a wooden tabernacle, a wooden altar. But this is the original altar that he offered mass at and yes uh, yes and it's um the the little uh, statue of the immaculate and through her to the sacred heart of jesus today is the first saturday of the month and we celebrate the sacred heart of jesus for the kingdom of the sacred heart of jesus the whole knights of the immaculate movement was founded for the the kingdom of the sacred heart of jesus okay Let's walk over to the museum. Yes, perhaps people don't know too much about St. Maximilian is that he was very gifted, talented in mathematics and physics. And he, as a student, he had his own idea for a rocket ship to go into space. And he sent it to, when he was studying in Italy, he sent it to a, a magazine in Italy to get it published maybe, but it wasn't published. He got a letter back saying, thank you, very interesting. Scienza uh, per tutti, it was a magazine. That, oh. that was very interesting. And these are actual sketches. Yes, we, ha we have all his original writings, his sketches, his in ideas for inventions uh, that uh, are in the ar archives. I work in the archives as well. And, uh, you know what this is here? Yes, this is uh, his idea for um, a telegraph. Mm -hmm. uh, he, um, he also said that it, perhaps one day sci scientists will invent a machine that will tap into the, the sound waves trapped into to the rocks and we can hear voices from the past. Mm -hmm. He's very interested in those things. And, um, well, he had me up to that point. <laughs> <laughs> he, he also said that everybody knows that there are three dimensions, but maybe there are more dimensions. Yeah. And uh, he's, he was always 
and uh, mathematical equation for for holiness. Like he had, it was very simple, but he he went into depth. Like uh, in his conferences, like he he spoke to the to the seminarians in in Rome when he visited in 1933, I believe. And uh, he, had, he traveled very much. Um, and uh, basically, little w equals big W, and that means our little will united to the will of God makes us holy. And he was in, yeah, so the equation, yeah, I, you know, little, I thought, you know, now, yeah, the little w is our will, the big W is God's will, so God's will, God's holiness. And how, how long was he in Rome? Well, he was uh, for seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was during the First World War. As, um, and he uh, was ordained a priest. He, he also became, uh, he, he started, before becoming a priest, he started the Knights of the Immaculate in 1917. And uh, that was the first uh, group of friars, uh, six other friars. But then started in 1917. Um, he didn't know about Fatima at that time, but that was the same year as well. Lady of Fatima. His his first Christmas mass that he celebrated as a priest was for the intention of uh, being a victim of love, and he also uh, celebrated mass for the intention of being a martyr. And that was his whole life. He had this great zeal to uh, to be totally consumed for love, for the Immaculate, and for souls. That was his whole life. And, um, and he was ordained at St. Andrew of Valle? St. Andrea de Levante, yes, yes. In Rome. And then he had his first Mass. At St. Andrea de Frate, okay. where St. Where Blessed Mother uh, appeared to Radisbon mm-hmm. and uh, he um, received the grace of through the Marcus medal. That because when he was studying in, in Italy, I uh, think Maximilian got to know more about the, the, the Marcus medal, the, the medal of the Immaculate Conception, and he heard the story about uh, Radisbon that many years before. Uh, the, the friend of his gave this medal and, and said, please say a, 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 this short prayer. And he did so. He was an atheist. He was a Jewish atheist. And um, he really had a, a great dislike for the Catholic Church because his older brother was had become a, a priest. And um, basically when he saw Our Lady in the church, uh, Radisvan, he had the gift to understand the faith, and he, he believed right away, and he afterwards he received baptism, and he also became a priest. And with his brother, uh, they set up a, um, a religious association for the conversion, especially of the Jewish brothers. That people, so. I heard a beautiful telling that story where he, he just came out of the church, Alphonse Charlesbaum, after seeing her lady, and that's all he just kept saying. I saw her, I saw her. Yes, he was in shock. <laughs> yeah, and I think he was just so taken by the beauty of it, too, that it was like, 
know, that's like, I heard that Saint uh, Maximilian wanted to have a devotion to like saints that saw Our Lady in particular, and he tried to cultivate that himself. Well, um, yes, he, he did. Uh, he had a great devotion to uh, saints that had visions. We, uh, I, I, we believe that because he himself had saw Our Lady. And like a Saint Gemma Galgani, he, he had great devotion to her and um, read her um, biography many times and uh, also was at her beatification in, in Rome. And, and she uh, was a, like a third order passionist? Yes, yeah. yes. She wanted to become a uh, sister, but mm -hmm. because of her illness, they didn't want her. But then after, afterwards, they wanted her. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, but um, yes. And a she, passionist in uh, Luca, Italy. And she worked like, uh, she worked in people's homes, right? I don't know what you would call that. But she was. I'm not quite sure. Uh, she died very young. And, uh, I think she was a servant yeah. in homes. She was very poor. Povera Gemma, she would say. And, um, and she also, St. Maximilian loved St. Teresa, the child Jesus. And she also, when she was very sick, uh, she saw the Our Lady kind of smile at her from the right. statue. Like So that also was very dear to him. Yeah. And uh, the, the little way of total entrustment. And uh, she, he wrote many uh, articles on St. Teresa, the Child Jesus. I, I believe the very first magazine that he printed, there was an article of St. Teresa in there. <laughs> hmm. So... Um, of course, he loved St. Francis, and uh, he had a great devotion to St. Joseph, and um, St. Anthony. His, his younger brother had a great devotion to uh, Father Alphonse Kobe, who helped him very much in Grodno, and also uh, here in Yipokalanov, he helped with the editing of the magazine, and um, starting the, the minor seminary. Unfortunately, he, he died. In 1930, uh, his uh, appendicitis, it was too late for him. They took him to the hospital, but it was too late. And he's, he's buried here in the Friary Cemetery. And we're looking right now at pictures from the Friary of the commercial printing press. There is huge printing press the size of a chalk here. And, and we're looking at a, a desk. I'm fascinated by we we saw I saw that yesterday. We've got a lot of papers stuffed here. Yeah, if, that, if that's his could, brother. Though. That's his brother oh. Alphonse. But you could you could see there's there's some I don't know exactly but I think that's Saint Teresa over there or oh. Father Father Benanti was uh, a good friend of Saint Maximilian. He's a servant of God now, but. Uh, that's Valentin here? Uh, Father Venenti is oh, here. He already oh, passed away. Oh. He, he is the patron of the magazine. Mm -hmm. He passed away just before it got printed. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, There's a lot of saints in the lives of saints. Because it's not just about him. It's, it's the people that they, they influenced and they were influenced by. So he had a lot of holy people that were he was inspired by. And he inspired many others to be holy as well. Mm. 
And um, in, in Broadmount, uh, it's, it's kind of a funny uh, story because it wasn't all uh, roses <laughs> for, for St. Maximilian. Um, in, in Italy, he had his first symptoms of tuberculosis and uh, they thought he would die there. While playing soccer. By play, playing so yeah. soccer, he spit up blood. And uh, they even, um, they wrote his, uh, his, um, they thought he, I, I believe they even thought, somebody thought he died and uh, the, his former rector of the seminary wrote in, in the book, oh, he was a holy, uh, a holy, uh, a holy priest. <laughs> he was. Yeah. So he already had his, um, his funeral kind of like, but then he said, no, no, I'm still alive. But um, again, so he was very sick off and on with tuberculosis. And uh, also he, he lost his, his father died in the First World War. His older brother, who had entered the Franciscan Conventuals with him, had decided to uh, fight for the independence of Poland in the First World War, and he decided not to re-enter. He just had first vows, and, and when he's, uh, he, he decided not to go back to the Franciscan uh, life, and he got married, and he had a, a daughter. And this too also bothered St. Maximilian. He, he kind of, oh gosh, why didn't, was it my fault? Or there's, there's uh, letters and things that he was trying to get him back into the Franciscan life. And um, then uh, even before that, his two younger brothers had died when they were just babies in Pavinitsa. So he had a lot of difficulties growing up and the, the whole history of Poland also of um, uh, fighting for the independence, like um, Blessed Mother, the Queen of Poland, um, Stunskavola, where he was born, it was under Prussia, and Russia it was partitioned for a hundred more than a hundred years. Poland, so you can imagine that the the world was trying to cancel Poland right. <laughs> from 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 the world. And the Polish people were really fighters, and um, their history is, and so all this history he he was taught as a young young boy, and the Catholic Church is very much a part of their their blood. Like it's hard to understand. Like it's not just spiritually that the the Queen of Poland is is the queen of the world and our queen, but she's the actual Queen of Poland, and she. It uh, really works with the Polish people in their history. And I read that was sent. I think Hedwig um, involved in that. She was the last queen. Is that right? And then, because after that point, they had no more earthly queens. They declared that Mary would always be the queen. Yes. Yeah. It's it's quite interesting as. Uh, the Polish heritage of right. the, the Catholic heritage of Poland, and it became a Polish nation in 966, and uh, they got the title um, Poland Always Faithful, uh, Polonia Sempre Fidelis. Mm -hmm. And they have been uh, fighters, this small little nation has been fighting. It, it even has helped in um, 
the independence of the United States. Many heroes uh, have fought for, and, and there's the, the, the motto, uh, in God, for, uh, for your freedom and our freedom. Right. So. <laughs> In fact, one of the, I learned about this Polish general, uh, something with the K, but he's buried at Babel Cathedral in the crypt. Uh-huh. And he was friends with George Washington. He was, this Polish general was also an engineer, and so I think he helped with some building things. But his crest had the same colors as the American flag. It had like red, white and red stripes and these. Wow stars on a blue background and he's friends with George Washington, you know. <laughs> and this it's they were saying you know they might have taken the American flag on the this Polish general so. Well the United States was founded on Christian uh, principles of freedom and, and yeah. uh, against tyranny. That's the whole idea of the, the Knights of the Immaculate to fight sin and tyranny, and the only way to uh, to fight the evil is with becoming holy, becoming saints. That's that's what he understood, and the the, the surest, quickest road to Jesus is through uh, the Immaculate Conception. Mm-hmm. As a Franciscan, especially, he, he understood that the the golden thread of the Franciscan. And what? We're looking here at a, a map and talking about his, his mission in Japan. He was there for six years, he said. What, what happened there? Where did he go? Well, during this time in 1930, uh, the, the Pope had in, encouraged many uh, uh, religious congregations to go to the missions. And so uh, he, like many, uh, because he wanted to conquer the entire world for Christ through Mary. Uh, he wanted the magazine in all different languages, even in Esperanto. And, and he just wanted, uh, he never stopped. He never was satisfied just with, okay, we have one great place. We'll just do that. He, he wanted uh, to found different cities of the Immaculate around the world. And he thought perhaps in, in China, and then he ended up in uh, Nagasaki, Japan. The, the bishop there had, uh, was looking for a professor to teach in, teach in the seminary, so he he asked uh, Saint Maximilian, "I will give you permission to have a friary and print the magazine here, and you will teach in the seminary." Like <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, before going, he had he did that. He followed through teaching. Yes, yes, he was a professor because he knew Latin and. Yeah. And I believe he, he knew French very well, and um, he knew uh, Russian, he knew uh, a little bit of English. Did he learn Japanese? He learned some Jap- Japanese, yes, yeah, but not, he wasn't very fluent. Mm-hmm. And he, he knew German almost fluently, yeah. um, and uh, so you can imagine that he... It was, it was quite a brain. <laughs> right, right, right. So these are some, look at a picture of It's like a Japanese seminarian, right? Yes, he started the minor seminary uh, in uh, Nagasaki, Saigo no, no Kishi. He started right after, uh, a month after being there with the help of translators. Uh, they, um, here is a picture of one brother putting the 
the stamps or the letters, the, the printing. Uh, uh, he was familiar with the Chinese characters, no, so he had to learn the Japanese characters. Okay. It was it was very difficult. Yeah. So this is for the press. Yes, it is to put the, the press type uh, thing. Yeah, and here is a picture of Saint Maximilian. He has the uh, the vestments of a priest on, and uh, this was um, the first mass uh, of. Uh, Father Alexei Tabaka, with two other um, vocations that they they also had um, had theirs. Yes, so uh, they inspired many Japanese also to become uh, to enter the seminary and also to to learn. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and through the the magazine Saigon no Kishi, uh, many people. Uh, uh, became uh, Catholic. Yes. Oh. So the magazine is monthly? Monthly, yeah. So what does this quote say? Uh, this says, uh, do, do you know, brothers, we must have our mission, um, a, a foreign mission, with, with uh, uh, through the difficulties, we'll, we'll realize it. All, all we have to do is trust the Immaculate. Mm -hmm. And he did, he, he really just had this incredible trust through the difficulties. Uh, he, um, pretty much like Mother Angelica, like she, mm -hmm. she didn't have the monies, but mm -hmm. she went with forward in faith mm -hmm. and she got the money. Mm -hmm. uh, the first magazine, he uh, went into debt and then he found the, the, the offering to pay off the first debt. Then uh, also, when he asked uh, his superiors if he could start a mission in Nagasaki, Japan, they said, yes, you can, but we don't have funds for you. And do you know the language? No. Do you know anybody there? No. Uh, you're just going to go? Yes. <laughs> uh, you buy yourself? Well, I have some. Uh, at first, uh, he went with four, four um, Franciscans, and then... Uh, more later on came, and, and they were also very dedicated holy brothers. And they, and they also did a similar friary on the side of the mountain. They bought the, the, the land on the side of the mountain. It, wasn't a, um, it was very hard work to ex excavate at the side of the mountain. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but it was cheap land, it was, uh, and uh, that's maybe why he bought it. But it also was divine providence because it was protected by the atomic blast in the wow. Second World War. The, only the, the windows uh, blew out yeah. from that time. And it's still there. They have a museum dedicated to St. Maximilian. They, they still print the magazines like the Mukishi. It's a Japanese province of uh, the Franciscans now. Yeah. And um, the Catholicism in Japan is very just less than 1% of Christianity in Japan. Mm. And of that is a small percentage of Catholicism, but the, the Protestants and Catholics work together a lot. Mm. Just, uh, I believe, a few months ago, a pastor, Tamon, a Baptist minister, he came here from Japan and I showed him around. He oh, was very wow. interested in the, in the life of St. Maximilian. There's a lot of COVID connections, <laughs> mm. even now. He's, he's very much actual 
in, in working in the life of people. He said that here on earth, uh, we work with one hand, and the other hand, we hold on to Our Lady. But in heaven, we have both hands free to work. <laughs> <laughs> and this gentleman here? Uh, this, this day, they had also many visitors there mm-hmm. in, in, uh, in Nagasaki. Uh, and this was a priest, um, a Japanese priest, um, Matsukawa. Oh, he was okay. a guest that came to, to visit. And this is the seminary itself? This is the seminary after the war, like it was re- oh. uh, built better and uh, and they still have a school there, yes. And the seminary was, the friary was like kind of outside of town, I presume, and the seminary was... Well, yes, it was on, on the side of the mountain and Nagasaki was yeah. below in, in the center of the mountain. So they had to... To walk and uh, or take their, their bikes mm-hmm. to or take um, a tram, but that would cost money, so that they would probably just walk. And so you can imagine the heat and uh, walking in their black habits, mm-hmm. and so it was quite. That famous, that famous <laughs> picture of mixing with a bicycle was that in Japan? And no, that was here. It was yeah. actually. The, here. I was here in the minor seminary of Nipakon, Poland. Okay. They received a new bike, and so they had an occasion to take a picture. Oh. Um, what was very providential is like from the very beginning, they had uh, photographs, and and all these photographs we have, it's it's a great treasure that we have of all these photographs in the archives. That the museum just has a portion of it, right. and. Um, where is this happening? Uh, this is Kampinoska. It's uh, nearby um, a forest. And they often had like field trips and they have, uh, you know, because they're all young boys, so you have to get them. You gotta wear them out. <laughs> wear them out, yes. Is that the Highlander kind of ice axe type? I don't, I don't know. What are I think it's uh, a cane. Okay. A cane or something. It's yeah. a, a walking stick. Yeah. And um, they had scouts, and they had um, they had a lot of the minor seminary is a whole different history in itself. Uh, they started in 1928, uh, yeah, a year after starting this place. Mm-hmm. So, and what made him return from Japan to come back here? Well, his superiors said you're coming back. <laughs> oh, you did. There was the the chapter meetings, okay. and uh, he was reelected here as as the guardian. He said, oh. need, "You're more needed here than there." Yeah. Uh, he himself said he had wanted um, to be totally consumed for Our Lady in Japan. He wanted. He really loved being a missionary. He thought he would die there as a missionary. He even said, "I I would love to have my bones as a, to be a fundament, uh, a foundation of." of the mission here and have my ashes scattered to the wind yeah. and I'd like symbolically like just be totally consumed for the souls he just loved people so much and bring, to bring them to Christ and actually that's what actually happened is his ashes was scattered to the winds in, in the crematory of Auschwitz mm-hmm. but he didn't know that he he just this he, he saw the hand of God and everything like he that was what he wanted he wanted to remain in Japan, but then he very much saw that the hand of God and, and Our Lady 
uh, and what his superiors said, like um, obedience. Like right. that, that is a sign that Artie wants to go that way. So he was all right. He would be like, he was a very, his personality was choleric. Like he was, mm. but he was very humble, very intelligent, but like um, he wasn't proud. Right. And he would, he would see the hand of providence in Our Lady and the mercy of God and, and, and everything that he, he did. And he saw how the, the graces happened so many, so many times. It was very difficult in Japan, and uh, he was he was kind of you could say doubting, like uh, you know, does he uh, he said something to the effect that you know should I really be here? Does does our lady, our lady want me here? The Immaculate does she want me to be here? Does she? And you might even doubt, like, he had so many problems, like, you know, with the, the other friars, and and uh, the, there was one priest that came to help that didn't understand the, his idea of everything for the Immaculate. Right. And, um, and uh, one day at Brother Zen, Ozembrowski, he was a very simple brother, he was like the handyman everywhere. And uh, he was with St. Maximilian Nagasaki, and and he told him, he just looked at, at St. Maximilian and said, Ben Chidobsha, it, it'll be all right, don't worry. Yeah. And that just kind of woke him up and said, look, that, that also is, uh, God works through and uh, to right, the, the right. words of others yeah. and, and the encouragement yeah. of others. And like, that just gave me such a, a hopeful thing and yeah. it did get better. Yeah. And so like, he had so much help. It wasn't just one St. Maximilian. There were so many holy brothers that were helping him getting this all through. Like He, he wouldn't be able to have done it without those that right. uh, believed the same way as he did and, and, and kept on working here. There's, here here's a map that they had. Of, this was 1939. It was all the different work departments, all organized. Day and night shifts of work and prayer for the maximum glory of God. Uh, they, from the very beginning, they had electricity, uh, generated for electricity. They had their own uh, um, telephone system, all the latest equipment for the printing. And here you can see the expedition for, for Poland, the administration offices. Uh, for the post office for the different places in Poland and then from us for the world. Then he started uh, um, every first Sunday of May. Uh, it was the MI Sunday. And uh, it was like to get propaganda for the MI to get it all around the world. He had different languages. He had um, reporters here. He had it wasn't closed. It was. It was so. Oh, we got to keep on going. And then he had lay people, reporters. Yes, uh, they they weren't living here, but right. they came yeah. to see. There was one reporter who came, and he had an interview with Saint Maximilian. Right. Uh, and it was a very interesting interview. It was uh, printed. Um, I don't know if it was uh, translated into English, but if you're interested, I can translate it for you. Mm. Uh, it's very interesting, and uh, he also had a, a tour of Yipokalan, of what was going on. Many people came to visit and see this place. 
some prelates of the church, they came who were also the guests. And one day, um, uh, not everybody was on, on board with what St. Maximilian was doing. It's kind of, and they said, well, what would St. Francis say to all this expensive equipment and, and everything so expensive, you know, it's not, it's against poverty. And St. Maximilian said, um, no, St. Francis wouldn't say anything. He would just roll up his sleeves and pitch in with the work. <laughs> <laughs> he, had a, he had a good sense of humor. Um, he, he, he loved to crack uh, jokes, like play on words, kind of like, you know, like a dry sense of humor. Like, um, what was uh, in, in Polish, um, it's hard to translate because it's a play on words, but um, the, the firefighters here, one firefighter, Brother Herobin, he has a street named after him because he was a dedicated firefighter. And he told Saint, asked St. Saint Maximilian, it's going to be winter time, where can we put the hoses for, you know, where can we store the hoses so that they won't freeze? And um, the same word for hose is the same word for snake in Polish, mm. vanja i vanja. Mm. And St. Maximilian with the straight face, let the snake die. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then he just laughed Oh, put the good hose, put the good snakes in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> it is a schematic chart. It almost it looks like a printout. Yeah, you know, it's not like hand written by. No, him. no, it's it's printed out. Uh -huh. It's printed out. A lot of things were printed. I mean, he even had his own uh, signature printed out on uh, the MI diplomas. Oh, okay. So many people even today they say I have the original right handwriting. Well, yeah, but it's it's a printout of his signature. And maybe something else. Oh, did he have? Did lay people were they part of the writing staff at times, or um, like for the daily paper? Well, yes. Uh, there wasn't just one monthly, there was a monthly for for adults, for children, for youth. Mm. And then there was a monthly for priests in Latin. So these monthlies were basically done by uh, the Franciscans mm -hmm. uh, here. And it wasn't just St. Maximilian, there were different directors, brothers, friars, or articles for them. So they would print, it, print out the lay people articles. Uh, so yes, Mostly Franciscans wrote the the magazine articles, mm -hmm. but they also had lay people that uh, were good Catholics that, that wrote articles as well, or, or other priests, diocesan priests. Uh, for the the daily newspaper, now to under to explain how this works, the daily newspaper was started in 1935. Saint Maximilian was still in Nagasaki. The director of the the daily newspaper was Father Marian Wojcik. And how it worked was like all the other newspapers had the same information source center in Poland. And they would um, every day gather the same information from that source. Right. So it wasn't like, um, so uh, there would be different people that would be writing those articles. They would use that information, print it out, and there would be uh, Franciscans who would be printing 
their articles, but they would be using the same articles also, reprinting the, those that were reprinted in other right. newspapers right. as well. So um, St. Maximilian wrote a letter to this director from Japan saying, just be careful that uh, the editors that you use, the, the different, uh, the, um, the lay editors that work, cooperate with the, the little daily, uh, make sure that they're in line with the Immaculate, that the Immaculate has to write her name to right. every article. So, and um, not to encourage hatred or animosity between different peoples or anything. We're, we're doing this for souls. So, right. and everything he made sure that, um, and, and there was once, uh, uh, the, the, the daily newspaper wasn't just here in Nepokalanov, but they had all over Poland, they had different uh, centers for the, the night of the, uh, for the daily newspaper. It was, um, uh, how do you say, like, um, they would have the, the newspaper and then they would have the, like, the community news mm -hmm. as well for that city, right. like, that Dainsk yeah. and uh, Warsaw would have their own mm -hmm. uh, news, and uh, it was uh, like an added, like the, I don't know how, to, like newspapers right, they still right, have that, right. like the daily news yeah. for for the community yeah. of that that city. And they'd have like a, a Hollywood celebrity gossip column. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they had, they had cartoons, <laughs> they had humor and uh -huh. they had, they had uh, cartoons, sports really? sports they had everything that they, they, wow. they had uh, cinema okay. they, yeah so it wasn't just about Nipokan. most the the night of the immaculate magazine that was mainly um for the faith yeah. to get catechized mm -hmm. to get um mm -hmm. marian that he really stressed that in every magazine of uh, the night of the immaculate has to be at the end there has to be the thanksgivings to God through Mary for graces received. Because right. through this, people are inspired to give their life to, to God through Mary, and uh, they, they are given hope. He mm. wanted the magazine to be a, an instrument of hope, good news. Right. Not just, you know, because the news that we have is all bad news. Right. You know? right. The good news doesn't make news. <laughs> Right, right, right. So we have to give inspirational hope, uh, tell people what Our Lady is doing in the lives of people. And, and when they read that, they say, hey, Our Lady gave this grace of healing. I can ask also for healing. Right. I, can, I can convert. I can because, and, and that's how the, the graces were spread even more that way. Yeah. So. Hmm. And it's, it's still being printed today. They have, we're um, celebrating 100 years from 1922 uh, to today. It's 100 years of the Night of the Immaculate magazine. The magazine. And it was already printed in Italy, the Cavaliere dell'Immacolata, before the war. Uh, the Franciscans of Italy, they, they did that. It wasn't translated from, from here. Every nation has their own articles. Okay. And here is, uh, well, it's a small city, self-sufficient, whatever they needed, they started. They had their own bakery, they had their wheat, their, their chickens, cows, milk products, cheese, 
the fire yeah. brigade that was started in 1931 to first protect their own buildings because there was a fire here and they didn't want to yeah. lose their expensive equipment. They have a massive, look at a picture of a massive generator. Generators everywhere, yes. And did they have trouble? I mean, so this is like the Great Depression, which affected globally, um, was like late 20s, early 30s. I mean, did they have trouble building and acquiring? I mean, I would think money itself outside of war is was tight. Yes, they did have the difficulties. Um, he had a lot of free manpower. Yeah. So uh, all young young men that uh -huh. they were, you know, this they were devoting their time. This right. was all so that also helped a lot. Also, people gave donations. Everything that they received, they put into the apostolate. And he himself said, "We are Franciscan. We have to for ourselves poverty, but for the the the, the gospel, we can use the latest." equipment even go on airplanes if we have to and um i'm looking at this generator it's like the size of a locomotive engine <laughs> I mean, <that's laughs> yes a big... yes from from the beginning they had uh the the small generator and then they got the bigger ones and then they had the you know the daily newspaper you need a lot of paper and a lot of they had here oil oil uh, containers for the the motors. Oh, they right. had. Uh, Did they the, have a paper mill here? Then? A yeah. paper mill? Yeah, where they would make the paper. No, they would get that from Warsaw. They oh, would okay. uh, the the railroad tracks they would have here, and they would bring them, buy them, mm. and they would and, and and they started. He wanted to use all illicit means possible, especially mass media, and he started the shortwave radio station here in 1938. Yes, this brother, he was um, in charge of the, the very first shortwave radio station. Mm. Uh, radio Nipokan, if you can listen online, mm. uh, they transmit the, um, the masses and uh, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and you can learn some Polish that way. And uh, it's, it's also, they were, um, of course, the, the war, they could not, use the radio anymore, but uh, they restarted in 1995. Um, and, then, and, and they're still going strong. Radio I'm looking at a picture on. here, it says the infirmary. Yes. And I remember he had a famous quote that I've quoted many times, but he yes. said, the greatest work in the friary is done in the infirmary. Yes, yes. So this is his infirmary, I'm looking at it. Yes, well, they, they, every uh, friary has to have, like, you know, when they get sick, mm -hmm. a little place to, to, to help. And they had, um, yeah, that's actually, you are the, uh, one of the most important uh, uh, work departments. Right. Because you offer your sufferings for graces that we need. Right. And uh, he himself being a sick person, he, he knew how hard it was. Right. Like when you can't do anything and mm. you're just laying in bed and you want to do so much and you can't. And he knew that firsthand. And mm. also having tuberculosis, that was um, infectious disease. So sometimes people wouldn't even visit you, you know. Yeah. So he, he yeah. understood the, the sorrow and the, the difficulties of that. When he was in Japan, did he was there persecution then? I mean, Poland's one of the allies fighting the axis of evil. I wonder if the Japanese government well, came Well, um, 
during that time uh, he was before the Second World War, so um, and he came back in 1936. But uh -huh. the the Franciscans that were remained there, yes, there was persecution. They um, uh, they had to leave. Some uh, the the Japanese soldiers kind of had their eye on, and the the Polish um, em embassy had to leave, mm. and. Uh, also, um, I think they had to, the the Franciscans had to leave Nagasaki, and they uh, had gone to Tokyo. And um, Brother Zeno had remained, I, I believe. Uh, and then uh, the atomic bomb blast uh, in Nagasaki, and he was he was there to help uh, afterwards. And then, uh, yeah. So right. there there was persecution, yes, in yeah. the Second World War, yes. But um, before the war, uh, Nagasaki was a very Catholic city. As um, the Japanese history also was quite interesting uh, about the Catholic Catholic Church in in Japan. Is is yeah. their history is very. They had in Nagasaki. They, there there was um, when Saint Ignatius. Ignazi, um, uh, Saint Xavier, sorry, right. uh, Francis Xavier uh, had um, uh, brought the gospel to Nagasaki in, in, in Japan. Um, there was the wave of persecution again against the Christians, and uh, there was already a monument of the the Japanese uh, martyrs, the um, with the. Pavel and uh, Paul Niki, right. and uh, and so Saint Maximilian was was there. He saw that. He saw the cathedral, the beautiful Aurora Cathedral uh, in, Jap in Japan, in Nagasaki, that survived the atomic bomb blast. Nothing happened. The other cathedral was practically destroyed. Um, and uh, oh, uh, here we have a beautiful. We just received it this last uh, April. This it's a uh, blue glass Colbot uh, statue of Saint Maximilian Kolbe, small, uh, uh, and it's a beautiful story. the The artist is not Catholic. I, I don't think he's even Christian, but um, he was inspired by the life of Saint Maximilian, and he's an artist. And he saw a ceramic statue uh, in one of the churches that he had just went into. This was during the COVID uh, lockdowns, and, and he was kind of very sad because he had been separated from his family, his mother. He couldn't see his daughter, and he um, during uh, this time, and he was very much inspired by the the life of Saint Maximilian, and he he wanted to do this statue of a Saint Maximilian blue, and the the light that goes through the glass is like hope. And he said that Maximilian Kolbe gave me hope, and he's like the uh, a figure of hope. Even now, he inspires people by his life. Hmm. Wow. Then we can go back afterwards. That that shows him. Uh, Hearing confessions in Auschwitz. All oh, right. Yeah. It was all uh, 
very clandestine. You couldn't pray and everything. Many different artists are inspired by the life of St. Maximilian. And any ideas or thoughts come to mind about the whole um, uh, like his reflection upon his experience, you know, and, and just the suffering of Poland and World War II and Nazism and all this stuff. Um, I'm sure he had thoughts or wrote about it, but does anything stand out to you? Things he said about it? Um, it seemed like, you know, Poland had a number of concentration camps built on her soil and they seem, you know, they're particularly religious people. I don't know if he had said anything about Poland's role and role of Christianity in combating well, this. Well, he, he did, he did tell, um, the Franciscans, the brothers that, um, and even in the first arrest, when they were taken to the three different temporary in, internment camps, this was like a, a tactic of the Germans to uh, instill fear in the Polish people, like arrest mm -hmm. and, and, and displaced, right. forcibly displaced in, diff in different places. Um, he, he told the Franciscans that he was with a small group, about 38, and they were, it was a very stressful, stressful time. And he, he said something, he said, look, brothers, if we had wanted to go into these places and minister to the other prisoners, we would have to go through so much paperwork and get permission. We probably wouldn't have permission even. But look, we have a free ride. <laughs> That's He's, putting a positive spin on it. <laughs> <laughs> he really saw the hand of God and everything. Right. He, 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 he even said um, about divine providence, like, do, do we really believe in divine providence? Does divine providence just work sometimes? Mm -hmm. <laughs> is, God, right. is God in our lives all the time or right. just sometimes? Right. So yeah. he saw that this was allowed by God for a reason. And uh, there in his, his writings, his conferences, he... Um, he encouraged other people. Uh, here also were 3,500 displaced Polish civilians that were also um, temporarily uh, at Nipakalana. Here yeah, in, in Nipakalana yeah. by the Germans. This right. was all occupied by German soldiers. And he also visited, there were 1,500 who were Jewish civilians, the others were Polish Catholics. Yeah. And he visited them, he, he gave them. Uh, uh, talk, uh, spiritual morale, and he uh, instilled in them. He, he also shared food, and it was a very harsh winter. He shared the, their their coal, and, and their they teared down some buildings to for the firewood. Right, you know. So it was a very difficult time. And he told the Francis one young Franciscan, he was very stressed out, very crying and he's like, I, I, I don't know what to do. I'm so scared, Father. And he, he took the young, uh, young man in, in, to his heart and he said, don't worry. We can't print anymore. We can't do our usual little things for the Immaculate. No. But now we have another mission. We have to save and help our brethren who are in difficult times. Right. And uh, Our Lady will help us. Right. And he, he was just, he never... 
and throughout his whole life he was conditioned i believe uh -huh. uh, to not uh despair and he was um this total consecration total giving of self to the immaculate like how do you explain his idea of becoming a knight of the immaculate and being her thing and property like he explained it in such a way like um he understood montfort but he um he got to know about montfort after he started the knights of the immaculate and he said well it's it's in the same spirit of course praise god and but uh, montfort said uh, to be a slave of mary but we go one step further we we become the thing and property of our lady we we don't even we give our will to our lady because she respects us she wants us he he it's 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 difficult because he he says we don't have words to actually describe he almost said it's how to how to explain this not to to go into heresy <laughs> but um he gave um uh a comparison like the devil um possesses a person and that person doesn't have their will and it takes over the body of that person mm -hmm. it, in a, a sense that because blessed mother is good and she um she respects our will as children but in that sense of becoming uh, growing in that total self-giving to to blessed mother as she has given herself to the holy spirit she is totally filled with the, the grace of god and so she helps us also become sanctified through the grace of god the holy spirit in us as children of of god adopted sons and daughters so he he kind of compared that that we are almost possessed by the immaculate conception in that way that she uses us as right. her instruments of mercy right and he also said that the immaculate conception she is like the divine mercy she's like the she's just filled with the the mercy and she's the mediatrix of all graces and uh and all graces and it's not just that she the Holy Spirit does his thing and the right, mother does right. her thing and, and she's the spouse of the Holy Spirit like it's it's very mathematical in in his his mindset that uh, like ge geometry like uh, if a equals b then b and b equals c then a yeah. equals c right, like yeah. it's i don't right. know how to explain but if you go to his writings he's very much in depth with that um to grow he his whole life he he grew in that uh, listening to the holy spirit and blessed mother like he really understood that she was so united to the holy spirit and she works in the church as the mother of the church her mission is towards the it will never stop until the end of the world like that's her mission in in as being the mother of all peoples and uh, she is constantly working in the salvation of uh of bringing her children to Jesus like it's it's something that he truly got the gist of it's, it's right, <laughs> right, right so that that was his whole life so he 
He saw it, that that was his mission during that terrible time of the Second World War. He knew mm. that it was a, a battle against good and evil. And he saw that it was against the church. It was, um, as a priest, that in the be very beginning, they, they, uh, the Germans, uh, the Nazi ideal was very much against uh, the Christian God. And here, in, there's a painting here, you can see, this is a true story. Uh, an eyewitness saw it and, and gave, survived the, the Second World War and gave their testimonies. We have more, more than uh, 50 testimonies of fellow prisoners who knew St. Maximilian in Paviak, in Auschwitz, in, in the time. And so that's how we know what actually happened to him in detail. But when he was arrested with four other Franciscans, taken to Paviak, a prison in Warsaw. That was February 17th, 1941. He was in, in, in the prison there in Warsaw, and he still had his Franciscan habit on, the black habit, and the, they wore the cord and the, the, the Franciscan rosary, the seven joyful mysteries that they have. And the SS guard, seeing that he was a religious, he took the crucifix of that rosary and very angrily asked St. Maximilian, do you believe in this, the cross, the crucifix? And when he said yes, of course, he was punched in the face with the crucifix. Mm. You still believe? Yes. Mm. Again, mm. punched. So several times you believe? Yes. And seeing that he wasn't getting anywhere and the other prisoners around him were going to do something, he left angrily. Mm. And he told the other prisoner, don't worry about me, I offer everything to the Immaculate. And so he, uh, after this, he gave back. Uh, they were allowed to send packages and, and mail. And, all the, and uh, he was deemed as uh, a political prisoner. And, uh, and then uh, in May, he was transported with the other two, the other four uh, Franciscans. They were transported to Auschwitz. Two of the other Franciscans, they died there. They're beatified. And the two others, they survived and they, they came back. Uh, to Nikokalanov. Uh, one went to United States and, to, and then to the Japan, and the other, I believe, uh, remained in Japan. As and this, this scene happened when they came to take him to the concentration camp? No, this happened when he was in, in Paviak, the, the very first days of his stay in February in Paviak. Which is a camp? Or? It's a prison. Oh, prison. Yeah. It's an infamous prison that uh, many Polish people and uh, were arrested and, and, and taken there, um, beaten and killed, and uh, for a period of time they were released. Okay. But um, it was a normal prison before the war. It was a normal prisoner mm -hmm. for inmates, but then it, it was used by the Germans as. Uh, right. There's a museum there if you ever get the, the chance to see. There's, Okay, and this, I'm looking at a recreation of a cell. This, this was his cell? It, it's just to show right. uh, his, his, what it would, would look like because some, sometimes large groups of people come and they don't have a chance to see his original second cell oh, okay. that he stayed here. So this is not the actual desk? No, okay. no. The actual desk is in his second room. That's, That's what we saw is, yes. already, yeah. Okay. Yes. 
Well, uh, these are our original Knights of the Immaculate magazines that they have in the Maui Genic. Is that an abacus in the back? Yeah, the abacus. Yeah. They have, um, oh, this is how the Maui Genic, it's, uh, we have in the archives a whole mess of them. Yeah. So they burned a lot of these because the, the, the Germans did not like this paper. They called it a hate paper. Because it was, a, it it was, was considered against, intolerant, right? Yes, it was considered intelligent of the Third Reich. <laughs> That's the same language we hear today <laughs> back home, intolerance. Intolerance, yes. <laughs> so um, actually a, a, a German reporter came here and spoke with St. Maximilian. He, he showed him around, mm -hmm. uh, told him that we're a religious institution. We... Uh, want to save souls. We're we're not involved in politics right. or anything like that. And and then uh, okay, thank you, thank you. And then they write an article, and and we have that article in German, saying uh, the the Franciscan bandits bandits uh, are writing a hate uh, magazine to in, in in inspire insurrection. Right. Right. <laughs> but you can you can see here, Father, some of the what I said the, the advertisements. They have Nivea cream. What is Nivea cream? I see that Nivea cream is uh, like a face uh, cream. It's or? face cream. Okay. Cream and uh, sports. Oh, there you go. Polish, France. Uh, uh, wow, that's nice. So this is from 1935, the date on it. Yes. Then they have some uh, strike in France. What was going on? Uh, this is about boxing. Is that a, okay. a official m match? Uh, I think it's soccer match. It's a soccer match, football okay. match. Um, Polish and France. And then there's... Uh, uh, a little cartoon of a boxing match hmm. and then just like little stories and uh, here is um, the 20th consecration of uh, Archbishop Jabrzeszkowskiego uh, in Vilno in uh, a different, you know, like regular news then here we have all the advertisements. So I'm looking at the daily paper. Of daily paper, yes. So it's very interesting what was going on all over the, all over the place. Yeah, it's, so it's 1935. I can't get over how the, the pictures are so good. I mean, they're, they're very sharp and clear. Wow. And this was up up to the very start of the war. Yeah. So um, they they it was very patriotic. They um, uh, had uh, they actually uh, this says little Jenik daily newspaper oh, okay. five cents five groschen. Oh. It's very widespread in in Poland. Is it? It's not still operating. No, right? no, it, it, they, they didn't reprint it. Okay. Which is kind of too bad, but. <laughs> it didn't. Well, it didn't thank you so after. much for talking with us. You're welcome.
Yes. I, okay, that's. Uh, I can't pronounce any of these Polish names. Francis Gajowniczek. Gajowniczek. Yes. This is here. He is at the canonization, mm -hmm. and he's alongside Mother Teresa there. And you, you were at the cemetery where he was buried. Right. And here is the beatification. Some people, also the fake news that they say, oh, St. Maximilian gave his life for a Jewish man. No, he was a Catholic. He was um, an army sergeant. And uh, he was always a Catholic his whole life. Okay. So he was in shock when, when that happened. Yeah, he's... When the... Canonization, I think? Or? No, he was in shock when uh, St. Maximilian asked to take his place. Oh, right. He said, right. I was in shock. And the other prisoners said, you have to live because he gave his life for you. Yeah. And um, so, and, and these are the two, his, his testimony for the beatification and the other prisoner's testimony. Uh, he was in charge of taking out the dead bodies from the cell, and that's how he... We know that he was injected with carbolic acid to the left arm. He was one of the last to die. There were two other prisoners, and they came to. They started the euthanization of the prisoners during so that, was, that year. There was three killed that day, then. Uh, yes. Well, the others were dying also of yeah. starvation. They were being killed of starvation, but they needed the 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 cell yeah. for other prisoners, so they they injected finished them off. All three. Yeah. What is this picture? This is a beautiful story. Um, because Nipokalanov was used as uh, like a post for the, the German officers, these were the Werkmark officers. Uh -huh. And this officer was a Catholic from Bavaria. And um, he was on... He spoke with St. Maximilian. St. Maximilian knew German. He mm -hmm. didn't know it fluently. He always liked to have brothers that knew it fluently. This brother, Ivo, knew fluent German. Mm -hmm. And so uh, uh, perhaps he, he went to confession to him. We don't know. But the story is that uh, before being transferred to another place, we don't know what happened to this officer. And, we, and the brother doesn't remember his name. But he had asked that a brother who was an artist, to have a painting done for his mother and to be sent, to have it sent to his mother in Bavaria. And they did that. The St. Maximilian agreed to do that. And uh, then before going, uh, the, the German asked to take a picture uh, with St. Maximilian and this brother. And the brother said, ah, uh, he was like, a father, you think that's a good idea to take a picture with the, you know, he's the enemy. What year is this, roughly? This is 1941. This is the very last picture wow. of him. Wow. Um, this was in January 10th, 1941, and he was arrested in February wow. 17th. So this was the very last picture. And um, St. Maximilian kind of told, explained, no, he, we have to help him, you know, yeah, he, yeah. This, this is a gesture of charity on his, his behalf. And um, so we have this also beautiful story that St. Maximilian even was higher above uh, being a, a patriot. He saw the soul. He, right, he just right. wanted to save souls. He, right. he handed out the miraculous medal even to the Germans. Right. And here also is a beautiful story. 
This was when they were released during after the first arrest in 1939. Uh -huh. Hans Mutzer, this is Hans Mutzer, pastor, uh, Lutheran. Okay. And, you know... He's dressed in his German soldier. Uh, he was the, the head of that, um, uh, what was Ostrezhuf, where they had been uh, temporarily uh, detained. Mm -hmm. And then they were released on December 8th. And uh, they took this picture. This brother made a, a statue out of mud, out of clay, the mud. And uh, this, uh, he was... It, Many of the Germans, they were drafted as well, and there were a lot of Christians also mm -hmm. that, you know, they just happened to be Germans and they were doing their duty as their country. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, he was a pastor, and uh, St. Maximilian had asked if it would be possible to have Holy Communion, and he allowed um, uh, the brothers to have Holy Communion in the camp. They, he said, I can't let let you go to the nearby church, but I can let you have Holy Communion here. And um, St. Maximilian gave him uh, the miraculous medal, and he also said, please uh, come to Nipokanov when you, mm -hmm. I invite you to see our place. And he said, yes, and he even wrote a map to how to get here yeah. in Sohachev. And he said, all right, and, and it was very peaceful. And uh, uh, later on, after the war, the Franciscans got into contact with Hans Mozart, and he said he was so surprised. What happened? Why was he arrested again? He's such a peaceful right. priest, so he didn't do anything wrong, and he was surprised. And uh, he never came here, but his son came here, who was also a pastor, and he came with his wife in 1995, I believe. I would have to check that, but and he. They gave, we have in the archives, um, the chalice, the communion sets of Pastor Hans Mutzer that mm. he used to, to visit the sick. Oh, wow. So again, the, the going beyond even uh, Catholicism, like he was just open and he would speak and he would uh, just, he saw the, the person right. even beyond the... What's the story behind that picture? Is this a German soldier smiling? Or? Yes, uh, we got a lot of these pictures were given or found after the war. They were collecting for mm -hmm. the beatification and uh, uh, archives and uh, the process, and, and so they they gathered so much documentation. And this was um, one uh, person had found it in in their family or somewhere. And they gave it here. This was the first arrest in 1939 when uh, Germany invaded Poland the September 1st. Uh, this was the 19th of September when they came here to Nipokalanov. Many had evacuated already. They, were, they already went to their homes or different places. There only remained St. Maximilian and with a, a small group of 38 Franciscans, and they were all taken to the three different internment camps, mm. temporary. Right. They were they were taken to schools or buildings and stuff, and then they were released and came back here. And this was also used by the Germans as a temporary internment camp for 3,500 civilians. Okay. And some people say, I was born in Yipokalanov, and I had First Holy Communion here in Yipokalanov. And even today, people say, my mom was here, or my grandmother was here. Mm. 
they had a, a school, um, a secret school as well during that time. Yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, for You're talking welcome. with us. It's been a great discussion. And uh, <laughs> God bless you and your work here. Thank you, Father. It's my pleasure. I invite everybody to come and visit Nipokalani.